Welcome to Abide in Truth with Pastor Mike Hughes, a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel in Amid, Idaho. Join us as Pastor Mike leads us verse by verse through the Bible and shares with us the impacting truth of God's Word. Be sure to stay tuned until the close of our program to hear about some exciting news and special offers. We'll also tell you how you can obtain a full-length copy of this entire message. And don't forget, you can always catch up on Mike's teaching on our website at ccmit.org. We're currently going through the book of Luke in a series titled, The Uncommon Gospel. So grab your Bible, turn up the volume, and follow along with us. Here's Pastor Mike. Turn your Bibles to Luke chapter 4 this morning, message entitled, Outcast. So Jesus, coming from the wilderness, being tempted by the devil for 40 days, came to Nazareth, filled with the power of the Spirit, and began to preach in the synagogue of his own town. You remember that in that situation, that Jesus stood up to preach, they handed him the book of the law, and he read there in the prophets the the part in Isaiah, where it says, Isaiah 61, where it says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, that he's anointed me to recover the sight of the blind, to set the captives free, and to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. And then sitting down, as he begins to speak, he says, today these things are fulfilled in your hearing. And every eye is looking at him, and they were just amazed and marveled at the gracious things that he had said, and and all those things. But they also said, wait, isn't this, isn't that Joseph's son? the carpenter's son. And in another place, it tells us that they said, isn't this Mary's son and Joseph's son? Isn't this, aren't these his brothers and sisters here with us? And, and, and really what they were saying in their hearts was they were saying, you know, you're not really from a prominent family. You're not really from an important group of people. I mean, why should we be listening to you? And, and of course, Jesus understood immediately that what they wanted him to do was to perform miracles, to, to cast out the demons, to do something like that within their midst so that they could see the wonderful things that they'd heard had happened previously in Capernaum. And Jesus seeing that their heart wasn't for, it was for the miraculous, not for the Messiah. They wanted, they wanted the healing. They didn't want the healer. And so he said, Hey, you know, you guys are just like, the people who lived in Israel during the days of Naaman. And Naaman, you know, a Syrian was healed, but they weren't because they didn't have any faith. And the same thing with the, the widow from Syrophoenicia. She was healed, or she was preserved by, by giving water and oil from Elijah, but nobody in Israel was. And they were offended at him, and they grabbed a hold of him, they took him to the hill to throw him over. And of course, as we already talked about, he passed through the midst of them, and they... They didn't have him when they tried to throw him over, I guess. It's miraculous. But that brings us to verse 31. It says, then he went down to Capernaum. So he'd come from Capernaum. Now he's going back to Capernaum, a city of Galilee, and was teaching them on the Sabbath. Now, I, it's, it's my opinion that Jesus would reveal himself to the town of Nazareth, and he'd go there first because that's where he grew up, and these people are, are close to his heart. These are the people he wants to, to launch his ministry from there. He wants to make that his his home base. But they wouldn't receive him. They, they, they just couldn't get past their own biases. And so he goes back to Capernaum. And he spends some time there. It tells us that he taught there on the Sabbath days. It would indicate that he, he taught there more than one Sabbath day, possibly many Sabbath days. But it's, it's kind of interesting. Why was he there? Why would he present even present himself as the Messiah in Galilee? That should have been something that should have been on their mind. You know, why would Jesus come here first? 
Why wouldn't he go to Jerusalem first? You'd think that he would go to Jerusalem and say, hey, I'm the Messiah, I'm here, move over, you know, let me take over. But he didn't. He went to Galilee. And Galilee was considered a very insignificant place. You know, when you tell people, I'm from Emmett, they're like, where's that? Oh, it's north of Boise. Oh, oh yeah, where? Uh, on the way to nowhere. I mean, there's there's nothing beyond Emmett. You know, you don't go through Emmett usually unless you're coming from Ontario going to McCall, I guess. I don't know. But you really, it's not on the way to anything. It's just a town in Idaho that's the best place in the world to live. But it wasn't a significant place. Why, why would he go to Galilee? This was a, an insignificant place in, in Israel and in, in Israel's history. These were where the hicks lived. This is where the rednecks lived. This is where they, you know, when the church is empty, it's because it's hunting season, right? <laughs> and that's what these guys were. They were kind of the hicks. Their history wasn't great either. In fact, it says in Isaiah chapter nine, verse one and two, nevertheless, the gloom will not be upon her. Who is distressed? This is how he's describing this area. This is what God is describing, this a distressed area. As when, at first he lightly esteemed the land of Zebulun and Naphtali. These are the tribes that settled in that northern region. And afterwards more heavily oppressed her by the way of the sea beyond the Jordan in the Galilee of the Gentiles. Okay, what does that mean? We'll talk about that. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwell in the land of the shadow of death, upon them a light has shined. So this land that was distressed, it was, it was kind of forsaken by God, if you think about it. You know, if you read the, the history of Israel through the Old Testament, you see that these guys are always being raided by the Nabataeans. They're always being raided by the Syrians. And in fact, that's why I would say the Galilee of the Gentiles, because the Syrians would come and they'd take 20 towns, and then Israel would fight back and against Ben-Hadad, and they'd take the towns back, and it was just back and forth. These cities were just kind of changing hands all the time between Syria and Israel wasn't a great place to live. And then, of course, when Israel divided, when it was, of course, Solomon's son Rehoboam and Jeroboam took the northern kingdom, and then they just had a wicked time in the northern kingdom of Israel for many years. And then God would judge them and bring the Assyrians in and carry them all away. And so it sat desolate for so long. And now, as, as we look at the, the nation of Israel and the way that it was in those days, all the intelligentsia, all the important people, most of the, the intelligent people lived in Jerusalem. All the important people lived in Jerusalem. And this was kind of a fishing agricultural community. A lot of Gentiles living there, a lot of Jews, but, but not anything important, you would think. And, and yet this is the place where God would send his son, this nowhere, to shine the light of the good news that the Messiah has come into the world. Isn't that crazy? But isn't that the way that God works? Does God just go to the, the most important people, <clears throat> the most intelligent, the, the most qualified? Is that who he brings his word to? Is that who he brings and uses for the gospel? Sometimes, but usually not. Usually it's the downcast, the outcast, the, the broken, the sinner, those who realize that they need God. Those are the ones oftentimes that he goes to. In fact, Paul would even tell us 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 26 through 29. He says, For you see your calling, brethren, that not many wise, according to the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called, but God has chosen the foolish things of the world to put to shame the wise, and God has chosen the weak things of the world to put to shame the things which are mighty, and the base things of the world, and the things which are despised God has chosen, and the things which are not to bring to nothing the things that are. Why? That no flesh 
that no flesh may glory in His presence. Wow. He uses the weak, the beggarly, the, the depressing, the difficult. Just look to the person next to you. <laughs> why, why would God choose these people? And why doesn't He choose the intelligent and the qualified and the, you know, self-confident? Here's why. Because in us, as Paul would say, in us, that is in our flesh, no good thing dwells. And when we think we're something, we're not. And so what happens is if God is going to use somebody who's noble or somebody who's wealthy or somebody who, who is, thinks a lot of themselves, he has to first break down that person so that they are in their heart humble before God. And some people who are in high position are humbled before God and he can use them. But oftentimes it takes him going to the people who realize they're a sinner. I don't know about you, but I always thought of myself as a good person until I'd done enough things to realize I'm not really a good person. And then as a not so good person, I, I was kind of plagued with the idea you're going to go to hell for the things you're doing. And that's what brought me to the Lord. And I'm sure that's true for many of you. It was bringing that, your life down to nothing. So oftentimes it's the person who's going through the divorce or going through the loss or going through the cancer. That's when they come to Jesus. Why? Because they realize I have nothing. I am nothing. And then Jesus shows them that they have value in Him and that He can use them if they will be an empty vessel to be used by Him. Jesus would go down to Capernaum. He would make this His base. And this is right on the Sea of Galilee, northern tip of the Sea of Galilee. And He would choose most of His disciples from Galilee, not from the smart guys down at the university in Jerusalem. He would choose them from Galilee. It's kind of odd to think of that. In fact, they would always say, these are untrained and unlearned men. But then they'd realize, oh, well, they've been with Jesus. You know, and that, that, that makes all the difference in the world. So Jesus spent multiple Sabbaths there, at least two, but maybe more. The grammar indicates more than one, for sure. Verse 32, and they were astonished at his teaching, for his word was with authority. Matthew and Mark clue us in that when, when it says this, not as the scribes. It adds, not as the scribes. He teaches with authority, not like the scribes. Now you have to understand the scribes were the ones who normally taught on Sabbath days in the synagogues. These guys were teachers of the law, experts in the law. And they would come to the Sabbath on the Sabbath day and they would know all the, the, the Talmud and the Mishnah. They knew all the traditions and all the commentary on the law. So the law would be read like we talked about last time. They'd read through the law, seven, usually seven places in the law they would read on the Sabbath, and then one place in the prophets. Thanks again for listening to Abide in Truth with Pastor Mike Hughes. If you would like a copy of today's sermon in its entirety, call us at 208-365-0991 or send us a text at 208-991-2756. Be sure to mention today's date. You can also listen to Pastor Mike's latest message on our website at ccemmett.org. And don't forget to search for Calvary Chapel Emmett on iTunes and YouTube. Remember to hit subscribe when you're there. Thanks again for listening, and remember, always abide in truth. Until next time, God bless. Abide in Truth is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel in Emmett, Idaho.
Calvary Chapel of Emmett would like to invite you to watch our services live on Facebook. You can watch us every Sunday morning at 8.30 or 10.30. Just go to our page, Calvary Chapel of Emmett, and scroll down for the live service. It is an interactive experience. While on our page, feel free to watch previous Sundays as well. So join Calvary Chapel Emmett Sunday morning at 8.30 or 10.30 on Facebook. We look forward to seeing you. Calvary Chapel of Emmett would like to offer you a free gift for joining us today. Right Now Media. Right Now Media has been called the Netflix of Christian Bible studies. With over 30,000 Bible studies and discipleship videos, there's even tons of Christian cartoons for the kids. To get your free account to Right Now Media, just visit our website at ccemmett.org forward slash right now. That's ccemmett.org forward slash right now. And God bless you.